So we're gathered here at the Foxburners and the Feldmans on Thursday night, getting ready for, looking forward to the first Shabbos of the Atlanta self-quarantine. And um, we realize we're getting ready probably for a marathon, not just of Shabbos itself, but a marathon in terms of future Shabbosos. So um, we're here to try to make some suggestions for how to make the Shabbos not just manageable, but actually make it special. And Mrs. Foxborough, you said something before that I thought was really very, very important about, um, about the significance of the 25 hours of Shabbos. Just that um, this Shabbos um, is Shabbos just as much as any Shabbos that you've ever experienced. We all have had Shabbosos in the past that have been life-changing and inspiring, a situation in which maybe it was the first Shabbos we ever kept, or it was a Shabbos, particularly wonderful Shabbos meals, or a Shabbos where you know, we discovered what Shabbos was really all about, or we were in a perfect environment, or whatever it was, everything went exactly as planned. And um, that Shabbos that we can think of as being our ideal Shabbos is in reality no more Shabbos than the 25 hours that will start tomorrow evening. Um, Shabbos is special and different and a unique spiritual day of the week in and of itself. Shabbos is always Shabbos and um, this Shabbos just as much as any other no matter what we are where our, our physical location or no matter what we can participate in or not. So, and at the same time we have unique circumstances where we're going to try to create that that or experience Shabbos or react to Shabbos properly without the normal routine that we have, without those very um, familiar cornerstone you know, or milestone events, going to Shul, coming home from Shul, breaking things up, people leaving the house, people coming back to the house. Um, those things aren't there. So, yeah, so In that way, it's a unique opportunity to be able to connect the Shabbos in and of itself. Um, without the things that we usually associate with Shabbos. And we could take it a step further than that. A lot of us are living Shabbos on automatic, right? We know, okay, everybody goes to shul Friday night, we know what time they come home, we have our, our special ways of doing mm. things, this is what time people fall asleep, these people fall asleep in the middle of the Sa'udah Friday night, and these people stay up the whole time, and then they fall asleep, and we wake up this time Shabbos morning, and this person goes to shul, and that person doesn't, and we have these guests, and everything's on automatic. So I think there's a point here for us to recognize. Because this Shabbos can't be on automatic, and we're going to be setting things in place that are new, that we haven't done before, we can also let go of the automatic dynamics that have been created in the past in our families. As we talk about tips for Shabbos, which is really what the point of this discussion is, we have to recognize that we're not stuck in who we've always been on Shabbos. Again, families are different. Some families have older kids, some have younger kids, some have no kids, some have a mixture of different ages, some have a parent that they viewed in this way. People have just ways of being that everybody has come to expect. With this new challenge, we're going to have to let go of some of those expectations of how we always are and how the other person always is. So if your parents who haven't been able to establish certain approaches and dynamics in your family 
this is a time when you can start doing that and you can tell your children things are different. We're not stuck in who we used to be and we're going to put some new things into place and you, we're all going to be a lot happier with these new things. So some of these suggestions that we're going to make may sound like something you can't do for your family. Maybe that's not true. And maybe now that you're not on automatic anymore, you can actually establish new norms. I would just add to that that what I'm hearing is that it's time for leadership. That this Shabbos is not going to happen. It's going to be created. And that means that <laughs> particularly the adults in the room um, need to take responsibility to, to set a tone. And I think it's important for us to realize this is the first time we've ever done this. We, in, in our own settings, have never done this kind of a Shabbos before. Perhaps we have if we've been marooned on a desert island or something like that, but most of us have not really uh, had this kind of a thing. And, there, and, and it's not going to be the only Shabbos. It's likely that we're going to have this uh, repeatedly. And that means that we're not going to do it all right, but we're going to try to do it. And we're going to try to set a tone. And some of it may not work. And then next week we'll get together again and we'll build on that. But the adults have to set the tone and have to be willing to be frustrated and at the same time have to take responsibility to create a Shabbos that could be memorable. It could be that we could look back at this and say, those were the weeks that we discovered a different aspect of Shabbos that we ever knew. Those are the times when we felt each other and we um, experienced each other in a different way. It can't, it's possible for that to happen. So we can, as you were talking about, it's a, it's a real opportunity. So on that note, I just want to make a disclaimer here that we are, although we're recording this together, we're sitting very far apart from each other. So you might hear a little echo in the recording. And, you know, this really goes into what we're saying, that people who have spent the entire week with each other and... Um, may feel like they would like to spend Shabbos kind of apart from each other and not, uh, kind of like we're sitting, <coughs> and not, uh, you know, in close contact. But uh, I would just like to point out that I think most of us feel like we've spent the week, uh, you know, with each other, but not really with each other. We're running in and out. We are dealing with each other. We're trying not to get frustrated. We are being inundated at all times by other things and texts and pings, and we're not really focused on the other. And therefore, we shouldn't go into Shabbos thinking that it's going to be more of same. It could be new. It could be different. It could be fresh. We can actually talk to each other in a way that, uh, that is connective and doesn't have distractions. So that's part of the opportunity that we're introducing these tips with. Got it. That's an That's an aspect of Shabbos that people very often speak about. Um, especially those that don't have the privilege of being connected to the religious parts of Shabbos. But when you hear a secular person speak about Shabbos, one thing that they always focus on is how amazing is it that um, you know Orthodox Jews have this time that they have no distractions. They can't be on the phone and they can't be working and they can't have the right distractions of everyday life and therefore they're almost forced to focus on themselves and their family. Um, but anyone who has gotten into the groove of Shabbos knows that Shabbos very often has its own distractions. And even if those distractions are wonderful things, like going to shul and having Shabbos guests and connecting to people in your community, um, we can go through Shabbos without focusing on ourselves and our family. That is possible, but um, maybe not this week. <laughs> 
maybe this week we actually have the opportunity to do what um, we have. We really do have the opportunity to do always, but we're kind of forced into it because we the, our regular distractions are not there. We can replace them with other distractions, but um, instead we can use it again, like um, we've been speaking about, as an opportunity to really take advantage of that idea, this kind of built-in removal of distractions. And even according, even you know, over the course of these weeks, um, I've heard people make this comment a lot that, um, oh, it's kind of like Shabbos, everyone's outside with their families walking down the street. So I think that connects to both of the first points that we've made. It's not Shabbos. There is something special about that 25-hour period Mm -hmm. that even if you took walks with your family this week, Shabbos is different. And that second point, which is that Shabbos coming in really does give us an opportunity without our phones, without distractions, to really take advantage of that aspect of Shabbos, which is um, distraction-free concentration on our families and hopefully our relationship with Hashem as well. Just to add on to that, uh, I hate to bring up the negative, but just from experience, the things that, that I hear a lot, there are families that like to create the Shabbos kind of distractions, which, as you said, can be very good distractions. So, um, for instance, today I had a woman say to me, I don't really know what we're going to do because I, I need to have guests at my meals on Shabbos. My family behaves much better when we have guests at the meal. And uh, some people are looking to the Shabbos with great trepidation because they're not going to have guests, and that's scary. So that's why we want to say some of these tips that will help us to put certain things in place and shift the family out of distraction mode, whether it's beautiful Shabbos distractions or the other kinds of distractions, and out of the automaticity that we've been talking about, and actually create a brand new experience of Shabbos. Maybe that's why Hashem made all of this happen, so that we could actually appreciate Him and His making Himself available to us on Shabbos, and just by knowing what we're missing during the week with our and on Shabbos with our tefillah and our learning and our community, we are forced almost to connect with Him and with each other. So let's take advantage of that. So um, maybe one of the things we can talk about first is setting up a schedule for our families, even if we want to print it and put it up on the wall. Uh, The rabbis have said that they will publicize the times that Shabbos is starting and we can decide what time. Do we want to do the early Shabbos? Do we want to do the late Shabbos? How are we going to proceed on this Shabbos? What time are we going to eat? What time are we going to daven? What time are we going to um, eat our seudos and, and have game time and play time and learning time? So this is something we get to create from nothing. Perfect. Perfect. And um, like one of the practical things, even before Shabbos, is just getting ready for Shabbos. Like when is Shabbos starting? Um, because there's no shul and nobody leaving for shul or anything like that. So like when is Shabbos starting? Uh, and actually communicating that in advance to the family. You know, there's just a certain piece here. I don't know what happens in every home, but in our home, my husband leaves before I light the candles. Is that true in your home? Mm-hmm. So imagine what it would be like for the whole family to be there when, uh, when the candles are lit. That is going to be a totally new experience, and it might be something we want to take advantage of. 
Doesn't that sound like a good idea? Yeah, that's perfect because lighting candles really isn't only the private mitzvah of the Akeras uh, Habayas, of the mother or the, uh, the, the, head, the female head of household. It's actually a mitzvah for everybody. Let people actually, they might actually experience a totally different way of, of starting Shabbos to see the candles be lit and to hear the bracha and to answer Amen just to be there. That's possible. It's a great idea. So this, uh, I think, rolls right into the next practical tip, which, um, as I've mentioned, uh, I, I spoke to a few rabbanim in Bergen County who experienced this Shabbos already last week. They're a week ahead of us. And one of the, the I think the number one tip that I got from them was to have family davening, depending on your family dynamics, as Mrs. Feldman pointed out, or, or we recognize that there are many different types of families listening to this, but as much as possible, get families together to daven. It's an opportunity that we, well, never have really, or never take advantage of. So uh, you can have, um, obviously you have to pick parts of davening that work, but Chadodi or different parts of Shachris, or Zemiros, to have a family of all different uh, um, ages and all, all different stages to come together and daven as a unit could be a beautiful thing. And I would say not only different ages, but different genders. It's totally appropriate for, for a family unit to have girls and boys, men and women, traveling <coughs> together. And it can be an, also another kind of an experience where you're actually doing something like that's so rare that we ever have a chance to daven together. The only other time we ever do anything in an extended period of time in terms of liturgy is at the Seder. And there people don't realize that it's a, you know, they don't see it as davening. Here it would be an unusual opportunity. And if one of the family knows how to lane, then between Shachar and Samosa, someone can lane for the family, and we can hear the parsha. And uh, and I would also make sure not to uh, torture anybody with Bayakel and Pakude. If some people in the family can't uh, tolerate that, one Aliyah is also nice just to represent Kriya Torah. Two Aliyahs, three Aliyahs, whatever it is. The Haftarah, Parshas HaChodesh, which is also a very special Shabbos. It's also an important thing. Yeah, so that, that should happen. Another yeah. option is a family discussion about the Parsha during that time between Shacharis and Mincha. I'm sorry, Shacharis and Musaf, when the Torah would normally be And, um, and children read. could be assigned to that beforehand, theoretically. They don't have to do anything fancy, but their children mm-hmm. could be told, you know, could you do su- summarize? the first aliyah, or could you summarize the mishkan, or whatever it is. Yeah, and a great um, another practical tip that I heard from, from uh, Rabbanim up north is to, uh, to have the Parsha segment of the tefillah service uh, led by somebody, or you can switch off at a mock bima, like in the middle of the room. So you can lead a Parsha Excellent. discussion, Excellent. like in the middle of the room. And that creates an, another type of physical space that also breaks things up and adds some novelty and some freshness. If you have little children, you can have uh, those little children create um, uh, out of a cardboard box a little Aaron Kodesh, and then if you have a little Torah, put it in there, and then they can bring the um, the Torah out of the Aaron Kodesh. It will be fun for everybody and keeps the little children involved. I like that also con- that concept of using a physical structure to break things up and to represent what you're doing, um, being as it is going to be the same people in the same space for a long time, moving around and putting yourself in a physical um, 
structure, space, you know. physical space, or um, a physical, uh, the way that you set yourself up can make a huge difference in terms of, first of all, just breaking up the time, and second of all, representing what you're doing right now. So we're all playing a game, we're all sitting around in a circle on the floor. We're reading, we're you know having partial time, we're sitting at the table um, all together, or whatever it is, just um, moving around and setting yourself up in a particular way can make a big difference in terms of making things feel different, even though you're gonna be in the same space for a long time. Yeah, so talking about physical structure, I don't know if we mentioned, did we get into the Shabbos dressing up for Shabbos? No. no. That's important. Uh, people, when they know that when Shabbos has started, people in the, in the family should be dressed for Shabbos because we're not dressing, we don't dress because we're going to show, we're not dressed because guests are coming, we dress because Shabbos is holy and Kavod Shabbos. Uh, we honor Shabbos by being dressed up and it's really important to set that tone that we're, you know, we're dressing up even though it's a, less formal and less structured Shabbos. That gives very significant. When we're dressed, we feel Shabbos-like, so to speak. Yeah, and just the word structure. That it Keep Shabbos structured. There's Friday night, which has its own kochos, and there's Shabbos morning, and there's the afternoon, and Mincha time, and Shalashudas, and the singing of Shalashudas, and the closing of Shabbos with Havdalah, structure each part of Shabbos in a slightly different way so that everybody knows here's where I have to be at what point on Shabbos. The kids can't really go out to their friends anyway. They're mostly going to be in the house with you, either learning with you or walking with you or playing games in the house together or taking their time and going to sleep. But at a certain time, everybody reconvenes. We're having a sa'uda, we're davening mincha, we're going to have shalashudas. Structure is very important here. It will save your Shabbos and build your Shabbos. So along those lines, I also want to add a tip to uh, Shabbos miras, or songs, or Jewish songs, whatever they may be. Uh, if you normally sing one, sing two. If you don't sing any, this is the week to sing Shabbos songs. This is the week to sing, if you don't know Shabbos songs, just miras, sing Jewish songs of any kind, just to enhance the mood and to try to bring a little more of that Shabbos spirit into this Uda and into the Shabbos. And I would say, and if people aren't chiming in and you're singing a Shabbos song, go ahead and sing it anyway. Uh, just set the tone. They, they don't have to, they, nobody has the fantasy of a great Shabbos, uh, at least not always. Um, you might, but somebody around you may not have that same fantasy and they may not conform, but they will get their great Shabbos through your attitude and through your behavior. I also want to mention um, just the idea of... Um, giving each other breaks, particularly the adults, making sure that they are given Shabbos Menucha. And I would say the emphasis is on giving the breaks, not on extracting the breaks, so that spouse says to spouse, uh, when would you like to have a break where I can take care of things and make sure the house runs okay and the kids are managed well and maybe I'll learn to play with them while you have a break to do whatever you need to do, sleep or read or just disappear, whatever it is, um, and, uh, and it's important to offer that as opposed to uh, having the spouse kind of hope that they're going to find a time that maybe they can sneak out. But really to set, as part of the structure of Shabbos, to actually have that expectation where somebody knows that they're going to get their break on Shabbos. I also would suggest that if you have children that are preteen or teenagers, that you take a few minutes to talk to them before you put all of this in place get some other ideas from them and tell them, 
you, you might have to say, we haven't really done this before. We've sort of ridden on the, on the backs of the community, and now we have to do it ourselves. So you're not used to this, and it might seem strange to you, but we really want to try to create a new approach to Shabbos. So we're going to be having this schedule. We're going to ask for your, for your help. And then after Shabbos, we're going to ask for your input about what worked for you. What did you like? Do you have any ideas for next Shabbos? Because this isn't going away all that fast. We would hope that it would. Maybe some miracle cure will come up. They've talked about a possible medication that helps people. We don't know. But the more that they get to take charge, even if you have teenage kids, tell them, we would like you to take over part of Shabbos with the younger children so that you can play games with them and read books with them, and that way parents get a little bit of a break. Um, in addition, I think we want to keep in mind that there's some families that are single-parent families, and that's going to put extra strain on that single parent. So at this point, as far as I understand from what the doctors have said, if everyone in the house is well, and there's somebody below 55 or so in the neighborhood that can come and spare this single parent for an hour or so, that would be a tremendous chesed, whether that person will take the children out or read books with them or just spend time with them while the parent goes and has time to themselves. They could be saving an entire family because as, you know, the, the stress builds, the exhaustion builds, people need a break. They need some time to decompress. That would be a very wonderful chesed for somebody to do. Did we say everything on our list? Let me add uh, two more practical things that mm -hmm. I, we have here. Um, one of them, I actually heard this, it's not necessarily special to this week, but anything can be made so. I actually heard this from a few of uh, community members in our community uh, about trying to lead a conversation in which you get, get everybody's personal uh, investment by doing something like, you know, let's retell, the pick a highlight of your week. You go around the room and every... Uh, person at the table, we've done this a couple of times, even our little kids uh, chime in with something or other, you know. Um, I would also suggest if you do this that the head of the house, the heads of the household shouldn't start because whatever you say, everyone else at the table is going to say the same thing in different ways. So start with the younger children and let them say about the candy they got or the new game that they got or whatever and then you go around the room. It's a nice way of, of, uh, of promoting conversation. Can I, make, I just want to make two points about that particular point. One is, I think that's a great way also of looking back on this week, which was very strange, and picking mm. out some nice things about it, because you're going to have another one next week. <laughs> and the other is that um, sometimes when we have opportunities to bond with our families, or we're forced to do so, and it doesn't go the way that we imagine it in, you know, some fantastical utopia, we think like, oh, there's something wrong with me. I was stuck in the room with my child for an hour and we didn't have a deep, meaningful conversation. Um, that, if that doesn't happen automatically, it's an indication of absolutely nothing. It's not something that you should feel bad about if it doesn't happen automatically. But on the other hand, you can prepare for it and think of questions that you can ask your children that, um, depending again, like Mrs. Feldman said, on the ages of your children, etc. But you can come up with questions that are, um, that, that do apply to a range of children and that everyone will be able to add in and that encourage conversation and encourage reflection and reminiscing and things like that. And highlight of the week is a great one. 
Um, but um, you can Google it. There are a lot of suggestions for those type of getting to know you questions. And even though it seems kind of silly, like getting to know you, these are my kids, this is my spouse, etc., um, they are infinite. There is so much more to learn about them than you know. And it's amazing. And, 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 and but my point is, is that it, don't feel bad if it doesn't come automatically. It doesn't necessarily come automatically. And that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you or anything wrong with them or anything wrong with your relationship. It's something that you can work on and prepare and it could really be a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. And just one, one last point that for, for me, and you might have some other points, but... And then I have a point. Of course. <laughs> um, make a distinction between this week that has just ended and Shabbos Kodesh. This was a tough week. Part of it was getting used to the new reality. Part of it was being together a lot, having children at home or being alone in the house for those people who are alone in the house. Everybody had trouble this week adjusting to this new reality. Now the week is over, and whether you do this when you light the candles, or whether you do this when you stand around the table for Kiddush, the week is over. We're now starting a new period of time. We have this time. It's an opportunity. Things don't have to be the way they were in the week. And a person could even say, we had some tough times getting used to this, but today is different. We get to just be with each other and not worry about all the pressures of the week. So give everybody a chance to start fresh. That's what Shabbos is all about anyway. The week is over, and now we're starting fresh. You had a point, Melly? So I was just going to add, um, you know, I, I, people have been taking walks all week long, but I think the point was made before that a walk on Shabbos is not like a walk during the week. And some families may actually want to walk together, but there's also value in a parent taking one child for a walk, and then coming back home and taking another child for a walk, one-on-one, private time. Um, and that way, besides the child gets the private time, the child gets the idea, hey, this is a different kind of a day. My parents aren't just surviving or managing me or making me do things or whatever. They're actually spending time and investing in me. And that means that this is a unique day. You just have a different, the child has a different experience. And it doesn't have to be a young child. A 15-year-old daughter or 16-year-old daughter would love to have a walk. One on one, even though they won't admit it. Rabbi, did you have something? Yes, I think maybe we should um, go through the practical. Yeah, let's summarize. Bullet bullets, a couple of uh, practical uh, points that we've come up with. Unless you have uh, another point, Mrs. Weisman? Yeah, after the practical. Okay, so I thought, should we summarize? Yeah, number one, get dressed for Shabbos. Number two, create a schedule for Shabbos. Even post it and make sure the family knows about it. Communicate it. Number three. Um, davening together. Davening together. Very good. And structuring davening a little bit. And making davening work for the young kids too, so that maybe they have their own special davening that lasts three and a half minutes. But it's successful. Right. <coughs> and then we had Zmiros, singing Zmiros at the table. And I don't know if we mentioned game time. Just time to play either board games or... Um, other games you want to suggest your game? My that you favorite love game. <laughs> my favorite game. This is the reason that we had this recording is so that I could put this out to the entire community. A garbage can with a ball, and then you can just and of course the older ones have to be farther away from the garbage can and you count how many out of ten you get in, and the younger ones are closer to the garbage can. How many out of ten they get in, and it can go for hours. And anybody wants to invite me over, maybe I'll... Oh, I can't. Oh, six from feet a distance, away. six yeah. feet away. I'll just do six feet away. It's, it goes for hours. I'm going to tell them for three. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Okay, we talked about talking about the parsha, whether you do it in between Shacharis and Musaf, or whether you do it at the table. We talked about creating f differences in physical space, a bima in the middle of the room, perhaps, moving around to a different position, you know, at different, what the time when you're playing games, the time when you're eating, the time when you're davening, that everything should shift so that you know you're in a different part of the structured day. Yeah, somebody once suggested, somebody suggested having like a shalashudas outside. Ooh. Just to make something a little different, especially at the end of the day when people are kind of tired and just uh, moving things around. Great idea. And you know, even if you only do one of these things, one little thing that's different than what you've done in the past that you mm -hmm. feel good about, you have succeeded and you've taken this opportunity and this challenge and you've built something great with it. We can't expect anything more from any one of us. One little step at a time and we're going to build on this However many weeks we're going to be stuck with this, even if it's only one week, we wish it would only be one week, make some move forward with your family and then celebrate it. At the end of Shabbos, say, look what we did. We had a great Shabbos. We've never done this before. Kids, I loved being with you. This was amazing. Or something like that. I'd just like to make one more point about this Shabbos particularly, which is that um, everyone, I've I've heard many, many times, and I get about 50 texts a day about this topic, um, has made the obvious and yet important point that it seems um, very clear that one of the many messages that we can get from the current situation is that despite how intelligent and technologically advanced and medically advanced um, human beings have become, that the fact that a um, something like this could bring us all to a halt is an indication of the fact that um, the master of the world is in charge and we are not. And I think this so is Shabbos a very is. important message. And really that message is the message of Shabbos, which is that we are commanded um, for one day out of the seven of the week to stop in order to indicate that Hashem is really in charge. And Shabbos is really the day to internalize the message that we have, Baruch Hashem, all been getting from, um, from this. And um, even though we have been getting this message over the week and the past weeks, um, we've been getting it, but on the other hand, as, as much as we keep saying it and texting it and forwarding it to our friends, we still can't help ourselves from checking the news every five minutes and trying to, and you know, searching for hand sanitizer for the 500th time on Amazon, thinking that they have miraculously restocked, you know, since five minutes ago, and buying masks and buying gloves. And these are important things to do. We must put in our part in order to keep ourselves healthy. But the constant pursuit of information really does go against that message, which is that Hashem is in charge. So we say it to ourselves, and yet, we don't always internalize the message. And now, we can. Shabbos is the perfect time to, to really try and internalize the message that we have all been speaking about all week. Right. And we've all been you know, forwarding and tweeting about. <laughs> and instead right. of forwarding and tweeting about it, we have to sit and actually experience it. And we really have an opportunity to do so on the day of the week that really embodies that message in and of itself. 
you know, if you've seen a picture of the virus itself, it has these little crowns all over the outside of it, and that's how it clamps onto the cell membrane. Those little crowns are telling us, guess who's the king? So that was a very good point, Mrs. Foxbrenner. Thank you. And I hope that we will all be able to make Hashem the Melech this Shabbos. We are his servants. We are here to serve him. We are here to bring him into the world. We are here as witnesses that he created and sustains this world and continues to be our guide and our provider. So I hope we will all be able to fulfill what Shabbos is all about. And if you're still listening to this recording at this point, you are heroic. And I want you to tell me you heard my voice at the end because you will be the only one. I have a prize for you. Go get Good Shabbos. Shabbos. And yeah, and you obviously have nothing to do. Be well. Shabbos. Good Shabbos.